Hey there, we're Chris and Melissa Smith of FamilyBrand.com, husband and wife, parents of five, and we want to help you unleash the power of your family. And we know it can be so challenging raising a family where the return on investment is unmeasured and sometimes it feels like your efforts are completely unnoticed. It takes real courage and commitment and a long-term vision for what you are building. You're building a family. And as entrepreneurs, we always think it's so interesting how your brand at home is the one that you think about the least. But at the end of your life, it will be the brand that matters the most. And look, none of us want to wake up one day feeling like, man, we missed it. Like we missed this opportunity to create something really amazing as a family. So what you can expect from us are actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life to become a better parent, a better spouse, and to build a stronger family. The world needs strong families now more than ever, and it starts right here with your family. So I don't know how much you know about podcasts, but it's been an amazing learning experience for Melissa and I. One of the things that's really interesting about podcasts, there's not as much data as you might think as far as, I mean, there's certainly analytics and numbers and you can see how many people downloaded your episodes, but it's not like social media where you can post on something and see all the comments in real time and all the feedback. And so anytime we get insights into how our podcast is doing or what episodes are performing, it's just really, it's really fun. And it's really interesting. And recently we got a report that showed us our top 20 most downloaded episodes of all time since starting the podcast, which has been over a year and a half. And I was surprised at some of them, but I wasn't surprised at what came back as the the number one, because I think it's the most, it's the episode we've gotten the most feedback on. It's the episode that people have told us that impacted them the most. And it's actually the second episode we ever shot called Your Words Create the Culture in Your Home. And we've actually had requests from a lot of people saying, hey, can you do another episode that's similar to that, but touch on maybe different aspects of a family? So we're excited to share again, just the power of language and the power of the words you use in your home and how it really does influence everything, like your individual life, your relationships, your family. Totally. That first episode, meaning the episode two about language, um, was kind of the big picture, whole family. And this episode, we like to focus on, well, it'll touch everything, but specifically like in a marriage or in, you know, that relationship with, with your significant other, how you can use language to, I don't know, maybe take your marriage to, to the next level. And I think, um, I'm trying to find this quote. I read a really, really awesome book recently. It's one of the, my favorite books that I've read in a really long time called Winning the War in Your Mind. And it's a lot about thoughts, but it's also, you know, a lot about language as well. And, and I don't know that there's really a separation between thoughts and language because your thoughts in your mind, they, they are language if you really think about it. It's just not maybe spoken. Mm-hmm. And one of the quotes is, your life always moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. What consumes your mind controls your life. But I think you could easily replace it. Say, your life always moves in the direction of your strongest language or words. It's like whatever words you're consistently speaking is the direction your life is moving and it controls your life. And I also want to point out right here in the beginning that at least from my perspective, everything I share from you is from the place of a repeat offender not someone who's perfect at this or never made mistakes. I have failed at every single thing that I'm going to share with you. And I have spoken in unkind ways to Melissa, unkind ways to my family. I've used language that limited me. And so I just want to share some of those lessons and some of the things that we have done to improve and striving to still do. I think that's the whole point of life really though, is... (laughs) learning and hopefully, you know, getting a little bit better every day. But even if you don't, still having the chance to 
ask for a redo and, and have a redo. Yeah. Case in point, someone in our family who I won't name has had, has had a habit recently of calling siblings, you're the stupidest dumb baby in the whole wide world. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the worst thing that you could call someone right now in our family. The stupidest, dumbest, biggest baby. In the whole wide world. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're working on it. Um, And so, yeah. But one of the things, it's, it's, it's a silly kind of example, but it really highlights this, what I wanted to talk about. And that is, I have found in my personal life, and I've also observed, it is impossible to create the relationships you want when you say things to people that just aren't kind. And I'm not saying you can't have a good relationship, but you'll never come close to having the relationship you want. And it it surprises me sometimes when people tell me the types of things they'll say to, you know, their, their spouse or the things they'll say to their kids or the kids to them or the kids to each other. I should, it shouldn't surprise me because I know this happens in families, but I guess what surprises me is they're, they're kind of confused as to why they don't have the relationship they want, but then they'll tell me the types of things they say to each other. And I really truly have come to this conclusion that you cannot have a sustainably good relationship if you say awful things to each other. Or not, sometimes not even awful. If you just say consistently unkind or rude things, like one of the keys to having a, um, a, a relationship that continues to grow and improve and is overall pretty great is that you're, you say kind things to each other. And it doesn't mean you don't get in fights. It doesn't mean you don't have disagreements. But one of the principles and lessons that I learned one time, and I, I wish I remember who said this, but it was like, look, when you get in a fight with a family member or a friend, don't take the gloves off. Not that you're going to punch each other, but like verbally, yeah, you can share some frustrations some concerns, but sometimes we take the gloves off in a marriage verbally and just say like really awful things to each other. And it's so hard to have the relationship you want if that's the case. And so some examples, and again, all things that I've at one point in time said myself, but it's like, if I'm ever, if you ever say to someone like, you always, and then insert negative, that's a really tough thing. Like that's, that's a, we, it's, and and sometimes these things are more damaging than we realize. Cause basically when you tell someone you always, you know, X, Y, Z, it's basically like, that's who I believe you are. And that's who I believe you'll always be or you never that could be another this the same idea you never listen to me or you never help around the house whatever yeah and those aren't just like that's not it's, it's different than saying hey you know lately i've i would love it if you would help around the house a little bit more or hey i'd really love it if i could just get some of your attention and like undivided attention you know versus like you never listen to me you never have you know, and then also, I'm just going to share this one because I, Melissa and I have done this in our marriage and it, you can't say that you're committed to being in a marriage and then anytime there's an issue or challenge, threaten divorce. I just don't see how it works. And and when I say like, it doesn't work, like I know from personal experience, it doesn't work. That's such a confusing thing to the other person who you're saying that to. And maybe you say it to each other and it's so hurtful. And so it's like, one of the things I would encourage you to do is if you, if you truly are committed to being in the, in your marriage, just make the decision. Like that's just never going to be an option for me to talk about. Yeah. Cause I think that is really easy to use that as a weapon, a weapon. Yeah. That's a good word. And, and so there's certain things like, I think if you, you can think about it and get out ahead of it, 
like, okay, so next time we do have an argument or a fight, like small or big, I'm going to really strive to like not take the gloves off and, and intentionally try to hurt someone's feelings. And look, it might happen. Like you can, if it does, like it does, and you can apologize. But I just think that we don't sometimes, I think we underestimate the power of words, but also for the good, like the power of like you always, and then, you know, acknowledge them for something kind they do, or you never, you know, make me feel like I don't, you don't, I don't matter to you. Or, and again, I still think like you always, and you never, you know, got to be careful with those types of phrases, but it's easier though. Like you can use a lot of positive reinforcing language to build someone up over a period of time, but like say one hurtful thing and tear someone down like instantly. Yeah. It reminds me of this, this quote. I, I made the kids, um, <laughs> my choice of the word made that I encouraged us to learn a few, a couple years ago. It's, um, a friend had actually, I remember him reciting it in high school and I thought it was like such a cool quote. I'll actually look it up. It's super good, but it just talks about how this, this man walking by, he sees um, a building going up and he's like taking a long time, but he realizes like how quickly the building can go, can come tumbling down. But it's like a metaphor for the words that we use. Yeah. It takes, it takes longer to build something often than it does to tear it down. And one of the things that Melissa and I, we used to have a really bad habit of we'd spend more talking, we'd spend more time talking about what wasn't working in our marriage and what we didn't want and what we didn't like. than we did talking about what was working and what we wanted to create and what we wanted and what we did like. And that's actually a common thing that I see a lot. I recognized it in my own life. And, and I feel like now Melissa and I have gotten a lot better at, we spend the majority of our time talking about what we do want in our marriage and what we want to create in our lives. And we can identify more easily the things that do work. But I think it's just interesting how as human beings, that's not our natural hardwiring. Like all of us, I think our natural default hardwiring is to look for the things that aren't working, to look for the things that we don't like about our life or about our health or about our body or about our home or about, you know, whatever it is. And it takes real effort to actually look for the things that are working. It takes real effort to look for the things. And, and one of the signs of this is Melissa and I used to say a lot, like we need to, like we need to be better with our money. We need to be, you know, better with our time. We need to, or we have to, and you might say, well, what's all right, big deal. Like what's the, what's, what's such a big deal around? Like we need to be better about our money. Well, think about, I'll give you a different way of thinking about it and maybe saying it out loud or saying it to yourself. And others. Instead of we need to be better about our money is I'm really committed to being a better steward of my money. Or I have to start working out. I have to get in better shape. I need to lose weight. Rather, like I'm really committed to improving my health. Like I'm really committed to getting in shape and having the health I want. Just like those little reframes are like. It comes from an entirely different place. I feel like it comes from a place of like want, wanting versus a place of like you know, commitment and, and change. Yeah. Another thought I had the other day when I was thinking about this is when you say things like I need to, or I want to, or I have to, I want to, to me isn't, is different, but like when I need to, or I have to, it also carries with it a little bit of like a complaining energy versus like when I say like, I really want to, I believe I can, or I'm committed to, or this is important to me. It carries with it more like a creation. Like I'm going to go do this. Did you find your. Yeah, I did. And I actually really love it. I haven't read it for a while. So it's called A Builder or a Wrecker. 
Um, as I watched them tear a building down, a gang of men in a busy town, with a ho-heave-ho and a lusty yell, they swung a beam and the sidewall fell. I asked the foreman, are these men skilled and the men you'd hire if you wanted to build? He gave a laugh and he said, no, indeed, just common labor is all I need. I can easily wreck in a day or two what builders have taken years to do. And I thought to myself as I went my way, which of these roles have I tried to play? Am I a builder who works with care, measuring life by rule and square? Am I shaping my work to a well-made plan, patiently doing the best I can? Or am I a wrecker who walks to town, content with the labor of tearing down? Oh, Lord, let my life and my labors be that which will build for eternity. I do remember really liking that quote, I have, the poem. I guess I haven't yeah. heard it for a long time. But what a great context of, to think about this is, am I a builder with my language? both for myself first and foremost and others. Cause I, I think it's difficult to talk to other people more powerfully than you talk to yourself sometimes. Absolutely. And am I a wrecker with my language to myself and others? And I think sometimes we have this vision of how we maybe want things to be different. And so it's so, but it's so easy to want to, we try and create things to be different by destroying rather than building. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like I recently talked with someone who, they really, really want to move into a newer home with a yard. Like that's their dream. Every time I talk to this person, they never once would talk about what they actually wanted. They would never spend any of the conversation talking about this home and like what envisioning the yard and telling me what it would feel like and what it would do for their family. They would spend the entire time talking about how they hated their current home and what they didn't like about it and how they had to get out of there. They, I need to get out of there. We have to. And I was like, man, you're actually spending all of your energy creating what you more of what you don't want. Why not just put that energy into what you do want? And I think we don't, and I think we underestimate too, when you're constantly wrecking with your language. And then when something is good, you don't build with it. It's like credits and debits. You know, it's like, we're constantly taking these, it, it can be easy to just criticize someone in a marriage or in a relationship or a sibling or a coworker. And if all they hear all the time is criticism, it's just like, we're taking these debits out. And then when we do something good, they probably recognize it but they don't acknowledge it with language. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's just, yeah. Like, yeah. This, the same thing. Yeah. And in, in a marriage, when, if you want something different, it's way easier to notice like all the things you don't like rather than the things that you do or to use language to help create more of what you do want. But I think sometimes, and I think you and I probably could relate to this. I think sometimes you do think though, but if I could just, it's not like conscious this way, but I think subconsciously it's like, but if I could just point out to them enough what they're doing wrong, and if I could just criticize them enough, it'll wake them up and they'll realize, but think about in your own life, when's that ever worked on you? Like when have you ever been motivated to change by criticism or when have you been ever been motivated to change by someone like constantly telling you what you need to do and what you have to have versus like how inspired are you to change when someone really acknowledges the good that you do and like how awesome you are and what does work about you? Oh yeah. I mean, I've, I can only speak for myself, but I, I assume everyone is the same, but yeah, I'm way, way more motivated to, uh, it's like, Oh, you, you noticed that like, okay. You see me, you see me. I'll do more of that. I think sometimes though, that we're concerned about is, but if I really truly don't like a lot of what they do and I start acknowledging them, maybe they'll think it's okay to just, <laughs> but that's, I just, I think, no, you're going to inspire them. Like they're going to want to show up for you differently and you're going to, but I think a lot of times when we use language, I know for me personally, whenever I was 
and Melissa might laugh at what I'm about to say. I was, I was about to say, whenever I was critical, she might be like, oh, you still are. But when it, there was a time where I was like negative about everything in our marriage, ne- negative about everything in our life, super critical of everyone and everything. And the reality is it was because I didn't like myself, but it was easier just to talk about, you know? And so I do think back to some of what we shared in this is in order to start changing the language you have in your relationships with other people, you gotta, you gotta start liking yourself. And I think a huge part of liking yourself is what do you say to yourself about yourself? Do you ever find yourself saying nice things about yourself? Do you, do you spend more time talking about what you need to do and what you have to do and what you're failing at? Or do you spend more time looking at and thinking about the good you do? Yeah, that's, that's really beautiful. Um, do you want to get into, I guess I would love to get into a little bit more of like, okay, say there is something that you want to communicate that you're not, that you like maybe want to see different or, you know, you are trying to have that, have a card conversation. Let's talk about that. Like language you can use for that. Yeah. I think the tempting thing is just, oh, if I see something that's not working or something I don't like in someone, I just going to crit- it's going to come from a place of like complaining and criti- criticizing which again, I've just never known it to be that to be motivating for people. But I do believe there is a way to have difficult conversations where you can still be authentic because I think it's important to share with each other. And one of the things that we've tried to implement in our marriage, in our home, and when we can remember to do it, it works really well. And when we don't, it I can tell that we've gotten away from it. And I think if we try and have hard conversations or or point out something that we don't like if it comes across as like you're doing something wrong or bad, that's hard for people to hear. No one wants to be told or to be felt to be made to made to feel like they're wrong or bad. They're just going to feel like they need to defend themselves and just or shut down. And so we've, we, we, we're trying to not talk about things in the context of good and bad and right and wrong, but more so in like working or not working. Right. So if, <laughs> really relevant example um, we, we all take turns doing the dishes in our home on certain nights. So I have Mondays, Melissa has Tuesdays and so on from oldest to youngest. And there's been a couple times recently where children haven't wanted to do dishes on their dish night, which might not be surprising. And it, to us, we're like, uh, we've, we've gotten into really clear agreements around this. There's no confusion. Like this is not like, and yet it still is like, you know, they, they act like, wait, I do dishes on Wednesdays. You know, it's like, yeah, you have been for seven years. You know, it's like, <laughs> and so one situation I handled really, really poorly and made a child feel like they were wrong for not doing their dishes and they were bad for even complaining about it. And it just, it just wasn't good. Like I could tell that the conversation carried with a lot of guilt and shame and they were emotional and I was frustrated by the end of the night and it was just a wreck. And then it happened a little while later with a different child and they showed up in a complaining, don't want to do it. And rather than even address it that night, I just let them kind of like complain and vent and like, and then she went to bed. And the next morning we went to the gym and this child came with me. We worked out together, had a great workout. And on the way home, I shared with, you know, this particular child, uh, my feedback that was very different than the feedback I shared with the other child, like in the moment that was very critical. And this one, and this is the framework that we talk about that we try to teach about how to have hard conversations or challenging, confronting conversations. And it's around working or not working. And I just said, Hey, I'd love to talk to you about the dishes last night. I said, you know, you've given your word to do that and you've made an agreement and 
mom and I give our word to do the dishes on our nights. And the reality is like, it really works if all of us just show up and just do what we've said we're going to do. Like that's what really has our family work. And none of us are going to be perfect at that. But man, like on a night like last night, when it's it's late, it's been a long day for everyone. Mom's been like running people all over town, including you and helping you do lots of things. And so at the end of the night, when there's an opportunity for you to do like something pretty simple, like wash the dishes and you make a huge scene out of it and complain and like, it just doesn't work. And here's some of the reasons it doesn't work. And when I said it, he, this particular child was just like, yeah, like I can, I can see that. And it wasn't like you're bad or you're wrong. It's like, it just, it just doesn't work and it doesn't create a kind of harmony and like, so that's just one little example, but I've just, I've, we've, we've taught this in organizations. And so I think there is a way to go to someone and share with them. Hey, lately, it seems like this has been going on, which is very different than like, you never, or you always, or you are this. It's just like, Hey, lately, it seems like whenever I ask you to do this, it seems like, and I just want to talk to you about it. I just want to see if that works or if that doesn't work. I think another one that we like to use that I feel like is a better alternative to than, than the ones you just use as far as you always, you never, et cetera, is my experience of you is. Yeah. And we'll even say my experience of you recently or my experience of you lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or in the dishes example, my experience of you last night is. Yeah, you're right. I actually did share that. I totally forgot. Like my experience of you last night around the dishes is that it just was super unnecessary to like cause a huge scene over something simple. And my experience of you in that is that you had a lot of things that were done for you throughout the day. And then we asked you to do one thing and it, it just seems like you're, my experience of that is like you, that that would be like you being really ungrateful. And I think going, bringing it back to marriage too, I think when we've used this in our marriage too, like my experience of you last night or this week or whatever has been X, Y, Z actually so the Tate was telling me the other day, I had asked him a couple of days ago, I'd said, Hey Tate, um, he's our, he's almost 15. He's our oldest. How, how are you experiencing me as your mom lately? And he was like, you've been kind of grumpy lately. <laughs> and uh, so later I was talking, I was talking to Chris, we were on a walk and, and I'd kind of told Chris that um, Tate had said that. And Chris was like, I don't remember exactly what you said, but basically you were like, yeah, my experience of you has kind of been similar. <laughs> and, but it went over like so much better than you're so grumpy lately. Like what is going on with you? You're always grumpy. You're, always you're never grumpy. happy. And I even think I shared with you after you shared that with me and I said, yeah, I've kind of had experience that you're a little short lately, you know? And, and, but it, but it was more like, Hey, is, is everything okay? Like, is there, like we could actually have a conversation around, is there something and how can I support you? Or like, and I was, yeah, I wasn't like on the defensive right away, like trying to say, well, this is why, because you never do this and you know, it just could go from there. And I think it has the opportunity to share. And here's why I don't think that works. And the reason I don't think it works is because you and I set kind of the mood and the energy for our home. So, I mean, but again, the, to me, it's like, we want to have conversations that have workability in them talking about working versus not working mm-hmm. and a conversation that starts with lately, you always, or you never I mean, there's no workability in that conversation from the get-go. It's just going to be a battle. And if one of you doesn't have the maturity to walk out of the room in that battle, the gloves are going to come off. And like it started with just like something around dishes. 
And like 10 minutes later, you're like, maybe we should just get a divorce. And yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's like, like they, what are we even talking about? Yeah. And like some of, some of, some, I hate to even say this because it might bring up like, you know, like some horrible memories, but like, I think every couple has had like, you're three hours into like an argument and you're like, what are we even arguing about? Like, and how did we get here? I don't even, and like you talk yourself silly and it's just like a lot of it is just based on the words we use with each other and the language that we speak to one another. So I guess in conclusion, I would just, I would love to see everyone, including myself, like let's spend more time talking about the things we want. Let's spend more time talking about the things that we're committed to. And let's spend less time talking about the things we don't want or the things we don't like. And let's spend more time building each other up with words and not wrecking each other. Boom. It's a good ending. We'll end it right there. Have a great week, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com, forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life than your family. One last thing, we feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.